Hey there, Marshall students, and welcome to another episode of MBA's Unplugged. Uh, I'm your host, Fedge McDermott, and let's dive in. Today is Saturday, April 11th, out here in New Jersey. Weather's kind of shitty. Uh, still cold out here, but at least the sun's out, so I can't complain too much. Uh, jumping into announcements, I've got nothing from the program office as well as uh, nothing submitted by the clubs, but looking at campus groups, I'm just going to go through now and just sort of call out what the next two or three are on the agenda here. Uh, so coming up on tonight, actually, Saturday, April 11th at 7 p.m., uh, the Business of Entertainment Association, as you know as BEA, is actually having uh, their weekly Netflix watch party. And this week's genre appears to be action movie night. So not sure what movies they've picked out yet, but looks like it's going to be something of the action variety. So if you got nothing else to do, uh, kind of want to just watch a movie with some friends, feel free to tune into that. Going forward for early next week, I know on Monday we have a, looks like we have a Zoom and Learn session with Lisa Swank in BEA. Uh, so Lisa Swank's going to go over recruiting for entertainment consulting as a second year, uh, which should be very useful because I know Lisa was in, uh, interning for Paramount for a while, as well as received a full-time offer from EY doing pretty much entertainment consulting now. Uh, and then also with uh, MEGA, so the Marshall Interactive Gaming Association, they are also doing a sort of lunch and learn with data analytics and video games. So both of those are taking place on Monday. So if you're interested, go on campus groups and make sure to sign up for those. Again, if you have any events that you want promoted, Please refer to the link that I have listed in the show notes, which will take you right to the form that you can fill out to have anything submitted. Anything I receive on that end, I'll pretty much put out within the next day or two via a podcast. So moving on from that, that's all the announcements we have for today. I am now going to lead into the guest segment, which is going to be our interview with Deepak Hotpawat. Now, this interview did take place some time ago, so uh, this one took place on March 25th. So just sort of prefacing that for you, just in case there's any sort of date references being thrown around in there. Um, now on to our guest, uh, who <laughs> I will now unmute so we can join the call. Um, our guest now is uh, Deepak Hopwad. How are you doing, Deepak? Oh, you know, slowly going insane. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, I'm right there with you. Just on the other side of the nation, I guess. Um, yeah. So I, I guess... <laughs> In the way of keeping with the martial spirit and just the NBA uh, mantra, uh, why don't you just uh, walk me through your resume? Can you tell me a little about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in uh, Hewlett, New York, which is in Long Island. It's uh, by the ocean, about 15 minutes for, from JFK Airport in New York. I uh, grew up there, knew I wanted to pursue a career in business, went to uh, Indiana University for undergrad, graduated in 2010 with a major in finance, real estate, and operations management. Um, 2010 for real estate, not a great year, kind of similar to right now. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, ended up getting a, recruited by Simon Property Group, uh, moved to Indianapolis. For those of you who don't know, Simon Property Group is the largest real estate company in the world. Um, a lot of IU alumni work there. Their shopping malls just are great malls. I grew up going to them. I'm sure you probably did also, um, being in New York or in New Jersey. Um, everything from premium outlets to global shopping malls, um, just a massive, massive company. And it was a great opportunity to learn um, predominantly because they were going through so, through so much chaos during the recession and retail was struggling so much that we just kind of walked in and everything was like, hold on, we need to deal with all of these issues. We need as much help as possible. 
take the reins. And I had awesome bosses there that were really supportive. They kind of let me run a little bit free and wild, um, testing out new things and it would work. And then they would just support me going forward. And it was just a great opportunity to really learn how to build great processes, a great company. And then, um, and then I took a, I decided after four years that I wanted to move back to New York. Um, was working on some private equity real estate deals and then all, then eventually took a, de- uh, a job with uh, Sleepy's. Sleepy's was a mom and pop retailer. Uh, I'm sure you being in New Jersey have heard their ads for your entire life. But um, we had They're about 1,100. <laughs> it, was, it was retail. So we had 1,100 stores from Chicago through North Carolina. Oh. Um, so it was pretty, uh, pretty like we were been growing rapidly, especially in Chicago, especially in North Carolina over the last year before I joined. Um, but when I joined, like, I wasn't really too sure about the opportunity. And about like my first week into it, my boss actually showed me the systems that we were using. And we were basically paying $200 million in rent out of a Microsoft Access database from 1993. And in order to like figure out how each landlord got paid, there was a 17 if function statement to like figure out the right numbers per month. It was just the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. And I kind of told my boss then, I was like, if I actually knew how bad this was, I don't think I would have ever taken this job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And yeah, it it was crazy. So, and on top of that, like my director at the time, she had taken over the role from her, uh, from the CEO's sister-in-law. So she had grown with the company from when it was 300 stores and that system worked fine for them. But then it, when it got to 1100 stores, it just wasn't able to handle the capacity that we needed. So my boss actually ended up quitting after about, I think six months, maybe, um, maybe even less than that, maybe five months. And I kind of went to my VP and I'm like, listen, like, I understand what the problems are. I want an opportunity to fix it. And he was just like, go for it. Like, we'll support you do what you need to do. Um, so I ended up hiring seven analysts to help, uh, fix this problem. Um, over the course of eight months, we basically dealt with like five years worth of backlog and issues. We were getting sued by our landlords left and right because we were so behind on processing. It was just mind-blowingly painful. Um, we went, we got acquired twice in that same eight-month period. We implemented like a whole massive cloud-based uh, management system for our portfolio. And I was probably working six days a week, 14 to 16 hours a day. It was just nonsense, just crazy kind of uh, situation. But it was also like the best time for me to learn because in eight months, I went from like a senior analyst to a director, managing my whole team involved in every aspect of the company because everything touched our stores and would come across my desk. It was like, it was just a, it was one of those things that like you work so hard and it's so stressful. Yet like looking back on it, you're like, those were the great, like great days. So after that, um, after we got acquired, uh, we, I ended up uh, traveling around the world for like four months. And part of that was coming to LA. Um, my sister lives here. Her husband grew up in Pasadena. So I spent about three weeks in LA and just kind of loved him. was hanging out with my friends that were here, um, traveled around the world, went back to New York. And I was talking to recruiters about what I was going to do next. And I was just like, you know what? None of this sounds appealing. So I decided that on Wednesday, I was going to move to LA. My mom found out Thursday. My dad found out Friday. My flight was Tuesday. I found my apartment Wednesday. Um, and I was, 
I mean, you know me by now that I'm fairly spontaneous and just kind of run with things when I make a decision. <laughs> Wait, so when but, Sleepy's got when a Sleepy's got acquired, does that mean like yeah. you pretty much were like laid off at that point, or like you just left? Sort of. So. Um, the company that acquired us was uh, interested. They approached me and wanted me to move to Houston and run my department for both companies. Okay. Um, I would have been doing the same role, just on a larger scope, and it would have been great. New city, new adventure, but the culture just wasn't a good fit. Um, we, the two companies had entirely different cultures, and there were some underlying issues as well, and I was just like, you know what, like, I'm going to, I had a mission that I wanted to accomplish. Once I make that, once I accomplish that mission, I'm not looking to just jump right back into it. I'm going to go and enjoy my life because I haven't done anything in two years. because I was working all the time. Yep. So then I went on my little walkabout. Um, Where'd you go on that walkabout? <laughs> oh man. So I did, uh, I did London for my birthday and then went to India for a little bit. I hung out with family. Um, I think it was my cousin's wedding at the time. And then I came back to New York for one of my best friend's weddings. And then I came to LA, then went to uh, Melbourne for a week, New Zealand, North Island and South Island for two weeks, uh, Brisbane, Noosa and Fraser Island for a week back in Australia, uh, Bali for a week, Singapore for a week, Kuala Lumpur for a day, Thailand for like just shy of a week, um hong kong for the day tokyo for three days and then i had to come back to new york for my two best friends from high school's wedding so it was a nice like just i think i basically traveled from like november through march and it was yeah. fantastic and out of all that you decided to move to la after visiting all those places i did and this is like the craziest part right so like i grew up in new york I went to college in the Midwest. Like I've lived all over. I've traveled all over the world. And this is like the first time in my life where I'm not thinking about what's the next place I want to go to. And it's just, it's so weird. Like I don't, I can't even explain it. I'm just like, no, I'm like so happy here. And I love being here. I don't want to leave. Well, that changes eventually. Who knows? But for right now, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can't really leave for another year at this point, but we'll see how right. long these online classes go for exactly <laughs> go to some remote cabin in like marin county and just hang out and do classes like a hermit <laughs> oh my god uh well i guess was there anything else between then and i guess uh marshall that you wanted to cover before we dive oh, into yeah. more of the marshall specific questions so um, when i was at simon property group that was actually my first exposure to startup so i was uh we were working on a project for the president of the company and it was like envisioning what the mall of the future looked like and me and my team, we came up with a, an idea of a virtual fitting room. So if you were browsing your re the retailer's websites online, you would have the ability to, instead of just add it to a shopping cart, add it to a fitting room. And then you can schedule an appointment at your closest Simon Mall, and all the stuff you were browsing at home would be added to that fitting room appointment in your sizes based off of your profile. And it'd be a way for people to kind of leverage the convenience of e-commerce and leverage the fact of going in person to a shopping mall and being able to try on clothes got zero buy-in from simon but it was my first kind of dabble of like this is a great <laughs> idea i love this idea i want to run with this idea um and i it always just had that bug so when i moved out here one of my family friends he was working on his fourth startup started working with him diving more into the startup space 
Um, I ended up investing in my first startup in July of 2018, and that is the love of my life, the virtual farming company 1.1. Um, just love what they're doing and have been loving. I love the entire concept of vertical farming since 2013. Um, and then I actually just invested in another company in January of 2020, which is a, uh, a blockchain-based healthcare company. Um, and hopefully in the next couple of days, I'll be able to share some more news about that. Um, it just has some really awesome uh, impacts for public health and just drug development and just kind of overall uh, health that's possible from the science and information side of things. So um, after investing in those companies, just realized I love venture capital and wanted to kind of dive into that more completely. And that's my focus on going forward. Awesome. So I guess, have you really shifted that far away from real estate to venture capital? Are you still looking for more real estate based VC options or are you just sort of uh, whatever, whatever tickles your fancy? <laughs> I mean, definitely whatever tickles my fancy. Like real estate will always be my first love. Um, I love real estate development. I think real estate touches every single person at every single level of their daily life. Um, but I think to a degree, there's more opportunity for, for advancement, not just professionally, but also just like in terms of just moving the ball down the field in terms of society, there's more opportunities to do that in, in venture and in startups. So like my, my mind is a little ADD when it comes to, you know, learning about things and focusing and just kind of growing and developing. And I can talk to startups or CEOs and founders of startups that are doing all sorts of stuff. And if I love it, I can work with them and run with it. And that, that to me is very different from real estate. Um, I still love my real estate connections. I'm still friends with all those people, but it's just, it's a different level of fulfillment than what I had in my real estate career. Gotcha. Okay. So now that we're a little bit past, I guess the 10 minute mark Oh no, I started timing a little late anyway. Uh, we'll start diving into more of the Marshall specific stuff. Yeah. Um, but first, before we do that, I wanted to throw you through the trivia round first. Let's okay. do it. So given that you are almost like a self-proclaimed pseudo native of Indiana at this point. <laughs> I figured I would test your knowledge on some Indiana specific questions. All right, let's see how I do on this. Um, this is just from a like, obviously like a crappy site that I Googled in like 10 seconds. Um, this is definitely gonna burn me somehow as the president <laughs> of the Indiana University Alumni Association for LA. So. Ooh. Let's, let's um, see how this goes. <laughs> I had a few here. Um, what is Indiana's state flower? Ooh. Damn it. <laughs> um, this, this is why I didn't tell you what I was quizzing you on before we had this no, call. Not fair. I don't know. I'm uh, going to get made fun of from this from my fellow Hoosiers. Uh, peony? Oh, I did know that. That's my ex-girlfriend's favorite flower also. <laughs> um where is indiana's geographic center it's a county I'll, I'll give you that much it's the name of the county. it's indianapolis it is on it's market street and uh meridian uh i don't know whether that's right or not i'm just gonna say it it says it's, it's in boone it says it's in boone county 14 miles northwest of indianapolis Oh, uh, yeah, that could be right. 
I mean, right. you said Indianapolis, right. so that sounds that sounds closer than what I would have guessed. Although I probably yeah. guessed Indianapolis is the only city I know in there. I mean, it's um, pretty centrally located. Let's see. The amusement park Holiday World is located near what Indiana town? I'm pretty sure it's Christmas, Indiana. It's cl- that's close. That's very close. You're you're on the right mark there. I've never been there. It's Christmas. Uh, I thought it was Christmas. Kin. It's something German. I'm not pretty sure. It's, it's there's like a German element to it. It's very uh, similar to some of the city names that we have out in California. In some regard. Spanish. It's not Spanish. That's not. No. Well. No. <laughs> Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Oh, because <laughs> they have Christmas Village in Santa Claus, Indiana. That's right. And we'll just go through one more and I'll pick. How familiar are you with Crawford County? No, that's way too specific. Fuck that. Not at all. Um, Ask me about Hamilton County. Ask me about uh, Monroe County. Ask me about Marion County. I can even answer. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes it gives me like questions where it sounds like it's going to be multiple choice, but it doesn't give me multiple choice options, which is weird. Let's see. What is the name of the state pie of Indiana? Oh, is it um, is it rhubarb? No. So it's very popular it? in Indiana, and this pie has a Quaker oh, origination. Is it coconut cream pie. Why would they have coconuts? <laughs> I, I trust me, Indiana can be <laughs> weird sometimes. There are some things which I just don't know. The largest manufacturer of these pies is Wix Pies, whose plant is in Winchester, Indiana. It's not a moon pie, is it? I mean, the more I look at it, the more close it sounds to a moon pie, but I don't know. It says it's a Hoosier sugar cream pie. Oh, yeah. Oh, is I'm that a moon pie? Of, it's not a moon <laughs> pie, but I'm going to get made fun of for that one. I've never, because like, those are things like, I don't eat a sugar cream pie. <laughs> I have, like, such doctors in my family. I'll get yelled at for that. <laughs> I mean, I need a sugar cream pie. <laughs> I'd regret now it. Have to go, now I have to go and have one next time I go back to Bloomington. <laughs> All right. So, moving past the Indiana questions. That's pretty much what everyone's going to get to. Everyone's going to get bombarded with these random questions from, like, where yeah. they grew up or where they went to school or what they did for their careers and stuff. I think you have um, to interview Dan Ward before you release this, so he's to see how many of these questions he gets right. <laughs> it's totally fair between I, I, the Indiana Purdue guys. Maybe I'll just bombard with Purdue specific questions when I have them on. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, anyway, so going into more Marshall specific. Um, yeah. So you just moved to LA and stuff. Um, what? What was the main driver for you to choose Marshall over the other sort of business school options that are out there? So I think there's a couple of different factors. Um, the first one is definitely um, one of my really good friends. Um, she graduated from Marshall in 2018 and is in venture capital. So when I was talking to her about like how much I love venture capital and like wanting to go into it more fully, 
she was just like, you're an idiot. Marshall's the best program. There's so many of our alumni like that are in Marshall, that are in venture capital from Marshall. It's just, we have like alumni specific happy hours just for venture capital. Like it'll just be a great fit. Um, I also wasn't really interested in like for, for someone that's like moved every year of his life since like high school, basically. Um, I, and I told you, like I was really enjoying LA. Didn't really have any desire to leave LA. I, I still don't know. Like I, if, if I got into like an HBS or Stanford, I don't, like a big part of me just wouldn't have wanted to move just because I'd started building a network here already. And I just didn't want to like abandon that. Um, mm. All those efforts just kind of let it just squander away. Would I've done it? I don't know. But um, at the end of the day, like it just was a great fit from, um, from the alumni side of it, from my friends whose opinions I trusted, from the industry I wanted to go into. It was just great. And LA in general is just growing for venture and startups. Were you looking at other schools in LA, such as like UCLA or maybe even like yeah. smaller programs? I was. Um, I think UCLA has definitely has a much different culture um, than Marshall. Um, it's definitely. I, I there's the. I have a couple of friends that are in venture from UCLA. Very good people. Like them a lot. Hang out with them. Um, but it's definitely a different experience. I think ours tends to be a little bit more social. Um, a little bit more like you get to know your classmates a lot better than they tend to know their classmates. Uh, is that, I guess, in more fact due to the smaller size of our class as opposed to UCLA, which is closer to, I guess, like three or 400? I, I would think so. But then I've also had circumstances where like someone who's in the same year as one of my friends is interested in venture capital. And they send me a message and I'm like, oh, who's this person? And my friend doesn't know who that third person is. So I think that like even from our program, like venture is a fairly small community. We all know everyone that's interested in venture. Um, and maybe it's just also me just being the type of person that likes to be social and know what people are interested in. Mm -hmm. But that to me was still kind of surprising where it's a smaller circle and they still didn't really know each other. Okay. So mainly from adventure pieces where you find the culture to be uh more fair yeah. for you i mean i'm sure consulting and i banking everything else it's totally different but that's yep. like the nature of those industries that they they're all very good at what they do but it's all kind of siloed gotcha um so i guess next question uh given that you sort of born and raised out in long island uh pretend that pretending like you're answering this like you're talking to someone who's sort of like considering coming to marshall but sort of grew up and only knows things about the east coast so what are the major changes that you saw moving from New York City to LA, uh, both positive and negative, and how how they think how you think they relate and what sort of adversities you sort of encountered with the different cultures? So I went back to New York maybe like a year after I moved out here, maybe like six months after, maybe some somewhere in that time frame, like six months to a year. And I was talking to all my high school friends and they were like trying to find out if I was gonna come back to New York. And I was like, listen. I love you guys, but you're all somewhat miserable. You're either working too much, your apartment's too small, your commute's too long, you're paid too little. Whatever the case is, there's something that makes you miserable. None of my friends in LA are remotely miserable. They would never describe themselves as miserable. They have the same exact stresses and pressures, but they're not miserable about it. And then, of course, my best friend responds with, yeah, but we're New Yorkers. We bond over our misery. I just started laughing. I was just like, dude, like, 
I'm over that. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, I think when you come out here, it's just there's there's a lot of East Coasters that have moved out here. Um, a, it's like you you have the same exact opportunities that you would in New York, but you have the ability to actually enjoy your life, go outside, do things like I've had meetings and just walked home on the beach before. Like that's that's like the best thing in the world, in my opinion, is just being able to like just get some sunlight in, have phone calls, have conference calls while you're just walking on the beach. Twist my arm. <laughs> I'm going to do that every day. <laughs> All right. Well, here's a more, I guess, targeted one then is um, if you had to give up these two foods, which one, would you, which one would you give up? Would you give up New York pizza and bagels or LA Korean barbecue and street tacos? Korean barbecue in a heartbeat. Sorry. My brother-in-law is Korean, but I'm giving that up in a, in a heartbeat. I'm not <laughs> messing with New York pizza. <laughs> so you would stick with the big. Yeah. So there's this company that sells like specialty food online and it ships it. And I have their postcard on my whiteboard right now. And it's kind of my go-to that my favorite pizzeria in New York. They have this like cream of spinach pie. One day, $80 for one pie of pizza. I'm going to buy it. 80 Jesus. <laughs> have you tried oh what the isn't there like a, a bagel place nearby that does like uh it like ships their water or does the same filtration as you do in like the new york cat schools or something i've heard about it. i think jolie was telling me about it the other day um bagel i've heard about it bakery. but i'm not gonna lie my sister and i may or may not bring bagels back with us when we go to new york I mean, I might have to at this point, too. <laughs> I might ask you to bring me bagels back when you come back. That's very true. Although that date is still to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess one of the last questions. Where are we on time here? Oh, yeah, we're still good on time. So we can probably get two more questions in. But this next yeah. one is, uh, if you were to start over again from uh, term one, so July of last year, is there anything that you would have approached differently? coming into grad school, knowing what you do now? Ooh, that's actually a tough question. Um, you can stew on it in a minute while I ask you more Indiana questions. You can go ahead. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, so I, I would say I'm, I'm different in a regard from other Marshall students when it comes to like how I would like what I would do differently. So like, like I mentioned, I am the president of like the Indiana Alumni Association. So I talked to a lot of prospective students going to college that are like seniors, juniors in high school. Um, and when we talk, part of it's like, all right, what would you do differently if you went back to undergrad? And I definitely think that my, my go-to answer is that I definitely wasn't as fully engaged and took advantage of all the resources that IU provided to me as an undergrad in terms of opportunities, exposure, ex like just random things that I could do. That's definitely mm -hmm. one of like the biggest regrets that I have about undergrad. Um, and I think coming into grad school, because that was so front and center in my mind, like, you know, I'm, I'll go to anything, I'll do anything, I'll be able to make it work because I know how much I regretted not doing that in undergrad. So okay. for me, I think doing anything differently from term one, it's 
there's not much there. Like I, I try to go out and I, I, I would say if there's anything I could do, I wish I had more opportunities to get to know the class uh, above us better. And we've talked about that before. All right. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point. Um, definitely, definitely hard to look back because it hasn't really been a full year yet either. So you can't yeah. really see the fruits of your labor at this point, but it's just good to think about this. So Not that, to mention the entire path in front of us is kind of up in the air. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know how to address that in like a, in a podcast format when this isn't going to, this isn't going to all going to age too well when we're all back in class all the time. I mean, here's what I'd say is that, like, I think we're doing a really good job of addressing it, right? We are having random Zoom. Like, I was talking to some of our classmates the other day, and we have, like, this app where it's just like, oh, I'm bored. Like, FaceTime me. Let's have a quick little conversation. And it's essentially the same exact conversation that we would have if we were walking through the courtyard and saw one another. And it's yeah. a quick five-minute thing, and it's great. Like, it just – all of us are just, like – Oh, thank God for this call. Like it just opens up the day. It breaks it up. It just, it reminds us what we love so much about being on campus. So I think we're doing yeah. a pretty good job. We're doing, you know, virtual trivia nights and Pictionary. Um, I spent four hours playing a board game with Tucker and his wife last night and it was fantastic. <laughs> Fell asleep at two in the morning. It was great. I have zero regrets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it we've definitely been good with everyone sort of like uh, making the effort to sort of stay in touch and sort of yeah. talking. But I guess the one argument I guess that might impact is some of the less uh, the less extroverted of us might uh, find this as a good way to sort of slip into the the background, whereas normally we would be the ones dragging them out into the forefront. So yeah, I, um, I think that's that's definitely a major concern. There are, there are some things that I'm trying to get rolling that hopefully this will be of some help uh, on some level of at least uh, getting people some exposure to hearing from other classmates. hundred so, percent. Uh, like, and and I, we've talked to classmates before, like that have said, thank you for inviting me out. Like I wouldn't have come out unless you like forced me to come out. And I think that that's, we need to figure, that's the harder part is figuring out how to do that. Yeah. Cause they so love something. being home reading their books and like I was talking to Stucky, he's just like the introvert of me and loves this. And I'm like, I hate you so much. I'm yeah. dying right now. <laughs> so I guess you're giving Tucker a quick shout out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, he actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give him the shout out because he did an awesome thing yesterday. His uh, wife works for a, a lab and they have all these extra gloves and shoe coverings. And my sister runs like 13 medical clinics, their women's health division, and they were running out of supplies. So him and his wife drove and dropped it off at the clinic yesterday. And it's just an awesome freaking good deed. They needed it really badly. So he's, he's on my favorites list right now. Okay. Um, I think we're coming up on time. I think we have room for one more just quick question. Maybe um, this one's a little more opinionated, I guess, but just uh what was your favorite event uh, hosted by Marshall so far? Hosted by Marshall so far. So far, um, it could be something that you did with just Marshall students, but like something that's inherently uh, Marshall and both attendees, at least. I would say. I would have to say the international party was just so much fun. At, uh, at Yuki's pool. That to me was just the best party that I've just, I think I've ever been to in the last decade. But in <laughs> terms of like, just. Cause that um, wasn't officially Marshall sponsored, but that was sort of yes. like on our own, so. 
Right. That was like an honor own thing. There was every, like so many people from our class were there. It was just such a fun night. Like everyone was just having a ball. It was just a great night. Um, I'd say Marshall organized would probably be uh, Marshall takes the mic. Um, it was, it was a really, like we had plans, we were, we went there and we had plans to go to trivia that night. And like, you know how much I love going to trivia, but mm -hmm. I just like couldn't leave. I was just so captivated by the stories. Learning about wait, our so, so, wait, so real, 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 real quick, just a yeah. quick recap on what Marshall takes the mic is. Um, so Marshall takes the mic. Uh, Sophia is obviously better at explaining it than I am. But my takeaway is that uh, it's essentially a theme kind of storytelling where our classmates get up and tell their story in regards to what the what the theme is. I don't remember exactly what the theme was for the for the one that I went to. I can't remember. I don't remember what it was, but I also don't remember it if it like, were even themes. I thought it was just sort of like telling your story, whether it was something from a place of where you grew up, something of what something that you struggled with. So uh, the first one was that, and then the second one, which I had class and couldn't go to, was uh, I think that one was the LBG, LGBTQ one. Okay. So I think that's I think the first one was like less theme, more like tell us your story, and the second one was LGBTQ, um, and I think. I think that was their plan for these going forward, which yeah, honestly was, I would love to do yeah. those virtually too, but um, it was just such a captivating story. Like even like friends of ours that we've like been friends with since the first day of the program, you still heard stories that you didn't know about. There was a lot of that, that you just like, and you're just like, this played so much of like a clearer picture of who you are, what you're chasing after what motivates you like i get you on a, such a deeper level and there was like a big part of you that like there was very honest is very frank i think what's like really rewarding is that those of us that were there like we didn't really talk about it if you weren't there like you just you had to experience it and like you couldn't really communicate that same impact for the, the people who couldn't make it Absolutely. It, was, it was a great experience yeah, I was definitely at that first one with you for a, yeah. a good amount of time. And I got to say, that was some of the more uh, open conversations that I've heard from people at Marshall so far. So definitely a good choice for your favorite sort of Marshall-sponsored event there. Um, and they're two totally okay. different things, but they're both like, I think for me, I love seeing the honest side of our classmates come out where they're just having fun. They're telling their stories. Like we're all really focus-driven people. We're all trying to accomplish something and we're, we're, making headway towards that but like it's great to just see like the human side of things that like don't forget like this person has challenges you know overcome things there's just so much to learn about people and just i appreciate that awesome uh well okay that about wraps up the time that we had allotted for this so um as a quick i guess summary uh you now will have uh, uh 30 seconds to i guess just sort of Blow your spiel, talk about whatever you want, whether it's uh, giving Tucker another shout out or promoting anything else that you want to do. Unless you can just re-promote re Tucker and I can just edit that in. Uh, <laughs> so 30 seconds are yours. Uh, go ahead, take the mic. Definitely not going to re-promote Tucker now. It's, it's Tucker. I can only give him so much credit at the time. But um, I think that what I would love to talk about is just uh, saying thank you. Like, like I mentioned this a couple times, but like, my brother, his wife,
my sister, my dad. I have a whole bunch of family members that are doctors. Um, I just want to give them a shout out. They're, I know how stressed, like my brother studied infectious diseases, an ER doctor has dealt with gunshots, people, you know, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. This has been the first time in New York where I've, I've heard him and I'm like, holy hell, you're panicked. You're like actually concerned about what's going to happen. Um, and they're working tirelessly, just in terrible circumstances, trying to get um, people the care that they need. And I just want to give out a shout out to all the doctors and nurses that are just working nonstop and putting their lives, their families at risk. I can't go home. My sister won't let me to her house. She won't <laughs> let me come in because she's worried that like I might get them sick. And I'm like, that's fair, but I'm kind of just a little kind of fair. <laughs> kind of alone in my apartment this sucks (laughs) (laughs) but like Uh, you know they're making a lot of sacrifices on their own personal families in order to help other people and they just deserve the most credit in the world even my pain in the neck brother definitely an absolutely worthy shout out especially given the current situation that all of our first responders and care workers are in right now yep um so with that that will conclude uh this i guess not week, but this night's episode of the Marshall Podcast, which still haven't gotten a final name from the program office yet, but we'll we'll hopefully have one to actually like say at the end of the episode soon. Uh, but to close out the episode, the song of the night that Deepak has chosen is by the artist DNCE, uh, Cake by the Ocean. Uh, so that'll be playing out right now. But uh, thanks for joining Deepak. Uh, lovely to hear your story and talk with you as always. And for sure, we'll, we'll we'll catch up later. I'm sure. Definitely, Pedge. Thanks for doing this. Love you, buddy. No problem at all. Love you too. See you walking around like it's a funeral. Not so serious, girl. Why those feet cold? We just getting started. Don't you tiptoe, tiptoe. Ah, waste time with the masterpiece. To waste time with the masterpiece. You should be rolling me, you should be rolling me Ah, you're a real life fantasy, you're a real life fantasy But you're moving so carefully, let's start living dangerously Talk to me baby
fucking delicious. <laughs> talk to me, girl. Talk to me, baby. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to go for this. It's a great day. Oh, oh.